Let's pray. Lord God, we come before you again, rejoicing that, that there's no limit. You don't place a limit on our prayer time. You don't place a limit on how many times we can open our mouths and speak to you. And every time we do, you hear us because of the shed blood of your son that allows us to come boldly before your throne. And so we praise you. We thank you this morning in Jesus Christ's name. Fill us with your spirit, we pray. Amen. Happy New Year! It's the start of a new year, the start of a fresh new journey. On Christmas Eve, we took a look at Joseph and Mary and Jesus, and and they were all on a journey, weren't they? They they were sent to Egypt. They came back. They they hid away. And they went on this journey in a world that was in total opposition, total opposition to God's plan of salvation, running, hiding. I'm, I'm sure at times Joseph felt really low on energy, really tired of, of having to keep going. The apostles, they were called by Jesus to spend three years with him, traveling all over Israel, not having a home in which to lay down their heads, not having a bed or a pillow to learn from him, to, to see his example and his words lived out. After those three years, they saw their Messiah crucified. They hid away, afraid of what might happen to them themselves, who might come after them. And then he was risen three days later. Mind blown. They spent the next 40 days learning from him about the kingdom of God, and then he was gone again, ascended to the right hand of the Father, leaving them with his spirit. Then there was Pentecost. The Spirit filling them up. They were speaking in in tongues that were not their own so that they could preach the gospel to everybody who was there in Jerusalem. And they were preaching publicly with widespread acclaim. People were, were loving it. The formation of the church underway. And then when we were last together in Acts, we studied the persecution that began with the arrest of Peter and John. They were taken away, placed on trial by the most powerful men in Israel, the same ones who had Jesus crucified. And then they were released. After all their boldness, they were released. What a journey. What a trip. Talk about a roller coaster of of the highest highs and the lowest lows. And their journey is not short, is it? It keeps going on from here. We don't retire from this one. Their journey is not short and their journey is not simple. It went from, from great thriving ministry to persecution in a heartbeat. They had 3,000 people come. The the number came to 5,000, and then, boom, they're taken to trial. At the risk of sounding too contemporary, we are all called by Christ to be on a spiritual journey. Scripture calls it being conformed to the image of Christ. Romans 8.29. Hebrews tells us that Jesus has perfected those who are being sanctified. We're on a journey. 
That's Hebrews 10, 14. Ephesians tells us that we are being built up to maturity in Christ with one another, using the gifts we've been given to build one another up. That's Ephesians chapter 4. And as we've been studying this book of Acts, we've seen that those who are called to be conformed to that image of Christ are also called to fill the gap, to share the gospel message of the kingdom of God, to be witnesses to the person and works of Jesus Christ to the end of the earth. Not till we get tired, not till we get fed up, not till we get persecuted, to the end of the earth. And these two things cannot be separated. If we are called, if we are being conformed, if we are being sanctified, we are called also to fill the gap. Through this journey that we are on, being conformed, being sanctified, being made into the image of Christ, filling that gap, sharing the gospel, sharing the good news of Jesus Christ with others, we we're face oppositions, we face trials, we face hardships, we face ignorance, we face animosity. And, and all the while, we are being told that we were supposed to keep up that Christian joy. Right? And, and all the while, we're supposed to be displaying that fruit of the Spirit. We heard more about that last Sunday, right? We are supposed to be those who have the fruit of the Spirit every day of our lives. And and the journey lasts from the day we are saved until the day we are called home to be with our Lord. Till the day we shed these mortal coils and leave this earth. No pressure. Easy peasy, right? How are we supposed to get through this and still live for Christ every single day, no matter what the world throws at us, no matter how tired we might get, no matter how fed up we might get with all the the pressure that is upon us as Christians in a fallen world? How did the apostles do it? How did they get the energy to keep it going after all they had gone through, even up to this point, and they were going to keep going with it? How did they refuel for the journey? This is what we're going to see in our passage today. We're going to see a Christ-centered fellowship of believers. A Christ-centered fellowship of believers who carried each other's burdens and who carried one another before the Lord. A Christ-centered fellowship of believers who carried each other's burdens and carried one another before the Lord. Let's go ahead and open our Bibles up to Acts chapter 4. We're going to start reading at verse 23. Let's stand up. Acts 4, starting at 23, says, When they were released, they went to their friends and reported what the chief priests and the elders had said to them. And when they had heard it, they lifted their voices together to God and said, Sovereign Lord, who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything in them, who through the mouth of our father David, your servant, said by the Holy Spirit, Why did the Gentiles rage and the people's plot in vain? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his anointed. For truly, in this city, there were gathered together against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, along with the Gentiles and the peoples of Israel, 
to do whatever your hand and your plan had predestined to take place. And now, Lord, look upon their threats and grant to your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness while you stretch out your hand to heal and signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. The reading of God's word. Thank you very much. Go ahead and be seated. After all that Peter and John have gone through, what do they do? When they were released, this is verse 23 again, when they were released, they went to their friends and reported what the chief priests and the elders had said to them. After all that they'd gone through, being on trial, everything that we, I, I mentioned earlier, they needed a release, didn't they? They went to their friends. In the Greek it says they went to their own, their own people, those who, who knew them, those who loved them, those who would listen to them, those who would understand and, and care about what they were going through, and they talked it out. They shared what happened to them when they were put on trial. They, they shared what was said to them by the chief priests and the elders. They, they had that, those people they could go to and that, that release of being able to just talk it out. And, and feeling better about themselves, having had a good gossip session, they, they then went on about their business because, after all, all things compared, they were better than the leaders of Israel, right? They were better believers. They were stronger is that what happened? How often do we as Christians stop at verse 23? We, we, we get under pressure. We, we find ourselves in a situation. We find ourselves feeling low on fuel, low on, on ourselves, low on our Christian walk. And, and we go and we find, we grab a listening ear. We find somebody who will hear out our grievances, our dirty laundry or complaints, legitimate or otherwise, and feeling better about ourselves, having just spread out all of our, our bile. Then we go on about our daily business thinking we've done the right thing. We've made ourselves feel better, haven't we? We do need Christian family and friends who will hear us out. According to the book of Proverbs, there's wisdom in many counselors, right? We need to seek out the wisdom of other godly believers. That is a good thing. And Peter and John went straight to them. But we also need to be surrounded by Christian friends and family, those who will carry not only our burdens, but who will carry us before the throne of God. Verse 23, they go to their own, they go to their friends, they report what the chief priests and the elders said to them. And then 24, when they heard it, they lifted their voices together to God. You see what their friends and family, you see what their own did for them? They lifted up their, their friends, they lifted up Peter and John before God. They carried them to the throne of God. Do our friends cause us to go to God with our troubles? Do we have people that we go to, and when we go to them, they say, let's pray about that. Let's take that to God and bring our focus back to where it should be. Do we take 
our friends? Do we take our Christian brothers and sisters to the throne of God? Or do we just stop at verse 23? We need friends, that Christian family, who will take us to the next step. You notice they they don't just say, ah, that's great, guys. I'll be praying for you. Right? They do it right there. They just do it right then. They don't wait. They carry their own right there before God. We, We need friends and Christian family who will help us to recognize God, to listen to God, and to serve God who will get us to remain Christ-centered through it all, actively bringing us before God together. When they heard it, and when they heard it, verse 24, they prayed, they lifted their voices, and they did it together. When they heard it, they prayed together. And in doing this, they, they, they got themselves onto a proper perspective, a godly perspective on their situation. They looked at God and recognized who he is. Verse 24, the second half of it says, they said, Sovereign Lord, who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything in them. They, they say these words that are virtually identical to Psalm 146. Psalm 146, verses 3 through 10 says, Put not your trust in princes, in a son of man, in whom there is no salvation. When his breath departs, he returns to the earth. On that very day, his plans perish. Blessed is he whose help is the God of Jacob, whose hope is in the Lord his God, who made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that is in them, who keeps faith forever, who executes justice for the oppressed, who gives food to the hungry. The Lord sets the prisoners free. See why they recalled the scripture? The Lord opens the eyes of the blind. The Lord lifts up those who are bowed down. The Lord loves the righteous. The Lord watches over the sojourners. He upholds the widow and the fatherless, but the way of the wicked he brings to ruin. The Lord will reign forever. Your God, O Zion, to all generations, praise the Lord. As they recalled, as they quote this statement that's in the center of this psalm, they recall God's faithfulness, his continuous watching over his people. They recall his love, his provision, his ability to do that, and his goodness to do that. They recall his sovereignty, that he is the God who put everything into place in the first place, and he is sovereign king and Lord over all of it. They helped one another to take their eyes off of themselves, off of their situation, off of their troubles, off of their concerns, and put them on the God who is both good and able, both good and able to take care of anything that they might face. After remembering just who God is, then they listen to God. 
Uh, They recalled the words from that psalm, and then they go on to say, verse 25, who through the mouth of our father David, your servant, said by the Holy Spirit, these are God's words to them, why did the Gentiles rage and the people's plot in vain? The kings of the earth set themselves, the rulers gathered together against the Lord, against his anointed. They recall these words of God from his psalm. Psalm 2 is where that quote comes from. And what happened? As God spoke to them through his word, then they began to see how, how God's word actually happened. Verse 27, For truly, in this city, there were gathered together against your holy servant, Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, along with the Gentiles and the peoples of Israel, to do whatever your hand and your plan had predestined to take place. They let God speak to them through his word. And they recognize that whatever God has said has happened. And if God is is the God who fulfills his promises, if God is the God who does what he says he's going to do, and God is the God who says, I'm watching over you, I'm protecting you, I will give you everything you need to do, everything I have given you to do, then he is the God who will do just that. He will not leave you. He will not forsake you. Let us be strengthened. Let us be refueled in that knowledge. Through his word, he reminds us that he is in complete control. Whatever we are going through, he has allowed it, and he is there, and he will work it out for your good. Romans 8, 28. And we know, not we think, or it could be, we know that for those who love God, all things, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. All things. Even the bad stuff? Yeah. Even that stuff. Uh, This last vacation, we were supposed to drive down to Virginia because Pam's auntie from England is, is staying with her daughter down there, Pam's cousin. And, and so as, as her auntie has come, and she's 87, 87 years old, and, and we're supposed to drive down there the day before we're supposed to drive down there, she has a fall, and she breaks her wrist. And we all go, that's terrible. That's awful, 87, falling and breaking her wrist. But God even uses this, doesn't he? Because she came from England and broke her wrist here. See, in England, she was being treated for vertigo because she was falling. She had had another accident and broken other things. And, and she comes here, she falls again. And, and here, she ends up in the hospital because of this broken wrist. And here, she gets tests done. And here, they figure out she needed a pacemaker the whole time. Thank God for that fall. Thank God for that broken wrist. And then on top of that, we ended up staying here, not going down. We got settled into the house. God works all these things, even the bad stuff, for our good, for his glory. And we'll see a little bit further as we go through the book of Acts that that God uses even persecution, harsh persecution, to push the gospel out beyond Jerusalem, out beyond the borders of Israel, into the Gentile nations. Why do you and I know Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior? 
because of persecution. Thank God for persecution. Because God even takes the bad stuff, the hard stuff, the rotten stuff, and he uses it and works it for our good. See, because I might have some persecution and some terrible things happen to me in this life at this time, but I have everlasting life because of it. I have everlasting life. Do we know God's word well enough to let him speak to us through it as we pray? Do do we know God's word well enough to gain a Christ-centered perspective as we pray? There's only one cure for not knowing God's word. Get into it. Read it. Grab it. Take advantage of it. If you have time to read, sit down and read before bed when you get up in the morning. Any chance you get, get into it. So that then as you're sitting there praying to God in your closet, or if you come here on Wednesday night and you pray with other church family, or any time you pray, you will hear the word of God speaking to your situation, speaking to your heart, speaking to you God's own word. Because prayer is a conversation. We pray to God, and God speaks to us through his word. But we can't hear God's words unless we know it. Get into it. Get into it this year. Let that be something that happens in your life this year. In, in lifting one another up in prayer, they, they also aligned themselves with the will of God that they might have the strength to continue on. Verse 29, and now, Lord, look upon their threats. This is them praying to God. Look upon their threats and grant to your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness while you stretch out your hand to heal and signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. What did they pray for? They said, look upon their threats. Here's our situation, God. Here's what we're going through. This is what's going on. Because we have a God who wants us to talk to him, and he wants us to lay out our troubles, to lay out our situation, to lay out our trials before him. They pray to him, here's what we're going through. Help us. Look upon their threats and grant to your servants Here's what's going on, and we seek your help. Grant to your servants the strength to continue on. Help us in spite of the threats. Help us, no matter what might be going on around us, to continue to speak your word with boldness. They did not pray that their persecutors would be crushed, that their enemies would be destroyed or broken, but that they... Their focus, their prayer was for themselves to be refueled for their journey, that they would have the strength to continue on with the call that God has placed upon their lives. And then they prayed for great things from a great God. While you stretch out your hand to heal and signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And they prayed with expectation You stretch out your hand and signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. This is going to happen. 
And what happened when they prayed this way, when they had expectation of God, that they recognized that God is sovereign, that God is the one who laid the foundations of the earth, that God is in control, that his word comes true? What is it that happened? The place shook. It shook. Do we shake? Are we ready to shake the ground here in Alden, here in the Philadelphia area with the gospel of Jesus Christ this year? Whatever troubles might be around us, they will be there. I guarantee it. And the more we live for Christ, the greater the troubles, the greater the oppression, the harder it will become and we will become low. What will we do? pray. We'll come to our own. Lift each other up. We will continue on refueled for our journey through prayer. Will we? Will we? Will we receive that filling of the Holy Spirit through prayer? Are we ready for that to really happen? These guys received a better, clearer perspective on their situation through prayer. Prayer is absolutely essential to the Christian walk. We can't walk with Christ without it. You don't call yourself a friend of somebody that you've never talked to, do you? It's essential to the Christian walk. We need to connect with the God whom we serve to to get our eyes off of ourselves, to see how small our trials are in view of the sovereignty and power of God. Not that the trials are nothing, but, but when compared to the right things from the right perspective, the, the trials are not easy. But from a godly perspective, they could continue. We can continue on in spite of them. So your journey is not over. The Christian life is more than good theology. It is good theology lived out for the rest of our lives. Sharing life in Christ with others until God calls us home. Where are you on your journey compared to a year ago? Ponder that. Think about that. Today, as you go home, If you're one of those people who likes to journal, journal it out, think it through. Where am I compared to last year? Am I seeking ways to be refueled? Uh, Am I introducing Christ into my soil, into that sphere of influence lives that I have around me? Uh, Am I increasing tangibly in loving kindness, in forgiveness? How's your prayer life? Do you have friends? Do you have family who will lift you up in prayer? Who will help you to recognize God in the midst of the trials? Who will help you to listen to God's word and to understand his love for you, his sovereignty, the design of his plan, his hand in your life? Who will help you to align your will with his will? that you might be able to continue to serve him with humility 
on your journey of sanctification, becoming more like Christ and filling the gap, sharing the gospel. And will you do this for them? Maybe you don't have those people in your life. Maybe you're going to be the one who starts doing that for them, and then they will start doing it for you. Don't wait on them. Let us be the ones who initiates it. Let us be the ones who start bringing our brothers, our sisters, our own before God in prayer. Next time somebody comes to us with a trial, a complaint, a situation, will will we take them before the throne of God in prayer? Let's pray for perspective, for great things, for a filling of God's spirit that we might continue to fill the gap. Father God, we come before you. For you are sovereign God over all creation. For you have put it all into place. You laid the foundations of the heavens and the earth and the sea and all that is in them. You've given us your word and you've knit us together in our mother's wombs. We are not our own, but we are yours. Bought twice over for we have been created by you and we are saved by the blood of your son, Jesus Christ. Help us, Father, to have a right perspective on our life. It is yours twice over. Lord, help us to lay before you our troubles, our trials in prayer, to bring ourselves and our family before you in prayer, to come before you and gain perspective through prayer, to be a people of prayer, for you are an awesome God, good and able, holy, holy, holy. The Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come, and may we not forget that. Lord, fill us with your Holy Spirit, we pray. And we pray, Lord, that you would shake the foundations of this place, of these ministries that we are in, that you would cause your gospel to be effective, that you would make us tools in your hands to the, the, to the effect of new life in the people around us, that people would come to know the truth of Jesus because we have been here. We are yours. Our hearts, our eyes, our minds are focused on you, not ourselves. Take us to that place this year, we pray. Advance us in our journey, we pray. All in Christ's name, amen.